is. You know who I am and what I do. This is the Shaw's Law Podcast, and I am your host, Rob Shaw, a.k.a. the Pod God, a.k.a. Harry Potter. Not gonna lie to you guys, it's a little late on a Sunday night after Christmas was Friday, and... I was like, oh, I should do a pod. And I was like, boy, do I not feel like it. But we have so much forward momentum going right now. Laziness is not going to stop us. So I got my black my black booty out of bed. And I was like, let's get to potting. So here we are. Let's just jump into a couple fun things. Jesus Christmas, the Nets are good. Like, they lost tonight to the Hornets, but they were down 16 with Katie and Kyrie on the bench, and then those dudes just came in and dropped an offensive onslaught of triples and tough lays and bankers, and it's just Katie scores on you three times in a row, and you're like, oh my God, and then he doesn't touch the ball the next possession, and you breathe a little bit easier until you look over and it's Kyrie with 17 dance moves, just James Brown and your best defender to death. Just, oh man, just Chris Breezy with the dance moves all over the court. It's not fair to have two dudes that talented offensively one-on-one. Like, I'm going to tuck some, like there's some hot takes in me and I don't ever want to be the hot take guy. So I'm going to tuck some of these for now but just know that like they're bubbling like these hot takes are bubbling and we are three games into the season man durant looks good the warriors look really really bad and i don't even know if this is a hot take but i'm gonna fire this one off there are certain guys that Having them on your team, we've learned just automatically means a playoff berth. And, like, there's levels to this. Don't get me wrong. Like, LeBron having LeBron on your team means a finals berth. Like, since he's... Since that first time he went to the... How do I word this? Since LeBron left Cleveland the first time, it's taken him a maximum of two years to get to a finals with every team. And that two years was the Lakers when he was sort of hurt and it was his first year out West. But other than that, it's just been straight to the finals. Other dudes like James Harden and Chris Paul have just shown you that they are automatic playoff berths. If you have them and you play and they play X amount of games doesn't really matter what the roster constraint is. You're going to the playoffs. Dame Lillard, same case. So I, I I started this by saying the Warriors are bad. So I assume most of you know where I'm going. Steph has been a top five guy in the league for a long time. He's been a unanimous MVP. But like it's always, I've always wondered and others have always wondered, could Steph do what James Harden does night in, night out as the best player? Could he physically carry that load? And it's rough to say now because he's older and he's coming off an injury. So maybe he's just, 
maybe like he could have three or four years ago. But I don't know that that was ever Steph. Steph's best trait is that he was the the, the happy superstar, the easiest superstar to build around because he didn't care. You guys want to bring in the best offensive scorer the game has ever seen? Perfect. Welcome aboard, Kevin. You guys want to say that Draymond is the heart and soul of the team? Keep on beating for us, Draymond. Like, Steph was just so amicable and malleable. And that's one of his advantages over, say, James Harden, is that we've proven you can build a championship uh, a championship team around Steph. We've never seen anybody build a championship team around Harden. We've seen teams that have gone to have gone deep in the playoffs, but they haven't been championship teams because you're not a champion until you're a champion. So is Steph one of those guys who just having him on your team and healthy means you're an automatic playoff berth? I don't know. I do know that he might wind up slapping dog piss at a Bill Self because the way those Kansas dudes are letting him down, like, if you've listened to me, you know how I feel about Kelly Oubre. That's my guy, Tsunami Poppy. I, I rocks with Kelly Oubre, hard body karate. But he has sucked. In their first few games, he has been trash in the winter. Cold garbage. The only reason he was... The only reason they didn't kill him on Christmas Day, or not Christmas Day, opening night, the reason that, the way they killed Andrew Wiggins, is one, it's way funner to kill Andrew Wiggins. I don't know, it just is. Like, when Wiggins sucks, it's really fun to kill him. And two, Kelly Oubre's six points were super loud. Um, he caught, a, he caught like, a nobody, the Nets don't step up, and he gets a straight-line drive, big left-hand hammer. You remember that. Then he catches a putback all on KD's neck. You remember that. And then like the very next possession, he plays good defense and leaks out ahead and gets another dunk. So he has six points, but they're all on dunks. And two of those dunks are really, really loud and you remember them. But he had six points. Other than that, he didn't do anything. But like a putback dunk is effort. And when the other guy, the one we're killing, Andrew Wiggins, just... Me and Yosh like to say, like, when somebody doesn't care about the basketball, like, they might be, the the pickup games are really good, and this dude comes down the court and just, like, pulls a 40-foot three like he's Steph Curry, or he tries a move that he had no business trying in that situation, like, if you want to win the game, we refer to that as not giving a fuck about the runs. Andrew Wiggins is the king of I don't give a fuck about the runs. Like, he just doesn't seem to care about basketball. Like, damn, I guess I got to be out here. Like, the same way you punch into your 9 to 5 and, like, there's days you're just like, damn, work again. It's how I feel like he looks at, like, the game schedule. Damn, we're playing four games this week? Again? (sighs) You guys remember Friday After Next? When um, Uncle Elroy offers Craig and Day Day some ribs, and they like, 
nah, man, I'm sick of ribs. That's how I feel like Andrew Wiggins feels about basketball. Damn, hooping again? Nah, I'm sick of hooping. And those are like the guys that Steph Curry's dealing with. I do expect Kelly Oubre to pick it up, and I think Wiggins will have some nice games. But overall, like we're really going to see if Steph is that guy to carry people. James Wiseman has shown... Uh, Yosh always loved his mobility. I'm iffy on Biggs. I think taking Biggs high in the draft is a really scary proposition unless they can be an offensive hub a la Carl Towns, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. Um, Anthony Davis is on that list, but Anthony Davis is... He's different. He's not a big, big like them because he's so long, lean, and agile. Like they're, Those are like bigger, thicker guys. But I guess you count him as a big... But like he has to be an offensive hub for me to be like, yo, I need a big guy. And I don't think James Wiseman will ever be that. He shoots better than I thought. And he runs the floor really well. And he's a kid that'll grab a rebound and go and test his limits like, hey, can I push the ball in transition? And he'll try it. And it's had moderate success so far. But I don't think he'll ever be an offensive hub like where we're running sets through him frequently and if that's the case if he's just a rim running shot blocking like I feel like you can find guys like that for cheaper than the number two overall pick but that's just my team building philosophy and like I said there are exceptions I just don't think James Wiseman was one of them And maybe Draymond's style of leadership is what the Warriors need. Like, Draymond will come back and kick everybody in the gear because they still have guys that I like. I'm high on Eric Pascal. I think Jordan Poole is going to be okay. I told you how I feel about Kelly Oubre. You guys won't get me to sign Andrew Wiggins because I was... There was a time where I thought the Warriors culture was so good that, like, Wiggins getting in it and being the third, fourth option was like the perfect reset he needed and that's still a possibility because he hasn't gotten to be the third fourth option he was supposed to be right now he's the number two option because clay is out and third option wiggins might be what i thought he was in the warriors culture but i know second option wiggins is not it he's just not he just he doesn't give a fuck about the runs And that's his prerogative. Like, he got paid. A lot of us go to our job that we hate and still collect our paycheck. So, shout out to Wiggins for beating the system. Other things to think about. Um, I saw this Trey Young, Grayson Allen thing. Um, Trey Young posted... Well, first, let's go back. I know that they have beef. I think it might be from Summer League. I don't really know. But in the preseason... There's a clip of he's trapped at half court. It looks like there's a little bit of a bump, but the bump isn't from Grayson Allen. So whatever, a few hours go by, me and Yosh discuss it. And he's like, oh, Trey Young is saying that Grayson tried to trip him. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get that from the video. But then, boom, Al Gore's internet solves all your problems. Twitter, greatest website in the world, besides theplaygrounder.com shameless plug 
zooms in and it does look like Grayson Allen gives the little trip. Like their feet get tangled, but then Allen extends and gives like the little push, like where you're trying to knock the foot out from underneath him. And I don't think he was trying to break Trey's ankle or anything. I do think he was trying to trip him though. And I get where Trey's at with him. Like me and you don't like each other. You have a history of tripping dudes. Like I sort of want to slap you. And this, I guess this is just a point for, this is why you bring in dudes like James Johnson. Like if this would have happened to Luca, like that's what James Johnson's there for. Yo, Grayson Allen, do that again. And I'm going to kick your mother loving head off. Like I'm going to kick that joint right off your shoulders. But, so that's the Grayson Allen thing. I hope you guys check out the video, and I'd love to hear your feedback. What do you guys think was actually happening there? And just on another thing that we're not going to do, and I'm not going to let non-hoopers... Oh, I got two more things that actually I'm not going to let non-hoopers try and tell me about. First of all, James Harden and uh, Ja'Shawn Tate, um, getting into an argument in practice where uh, Harden threw the ball at him is not news. It is only news because it is the Rockets are on a Harden smear campaign. Do you know how mad I've gotten at teammates or dudes in pickup? And I'm not like the most level-headed person, but I'm not a complete hothead either. I have thrown the ball at people. I've had the ball thrown at me. It is just a regular part of competitive sports. Um, I had Zach uh, Short. Um, I had Zach Short on. He's a professional baseball player. And he was talking about, I had him on my interview series. And he was talking about how, like, when it gets competitive, like, there are fist fights. And this, he played baseball and basketball in high school. And he was like, yeah, I've gotten into fist fights over sports. That is what happens when people are competing. So Harden throwing the ball at a teammate, I would venture to say that that is going to happen a hundred more times over the course of the NBA season this year. And not many of those stories are going to get out because they're not really big deals. They're only big deals because somebody's leaking negative things about Harden in the Houston media because they are upset with Harden. Um, John Wall, Boogie, Eric Gordon couldn't play, and it seems like some of that stems from what James Harden did. So, like, I get them being mad about him showing up late and going to parties and stuff, but throwing the ball at a teammate, especially, like, when you are frustrated and it's competitive, is is nothing. It's just not news. So there's that. What was the other thing? The other thing was... Oh. You can't put your balls, nuts, or any of your private area over another man's head. During the Hornets and Nets game, Jared Allen... Doesn't like a call and on the and on the play he knocks down uh, PJ Washington, and then he purposely tries to step over him like where his meat is gonna be on PJ Washington's head, and Terry Rozier runs over and pushes him to the floor, and that's what Terry Rozier is supposed to do. 
And if that would have turned into an all-out brawl, I would not have been mad at the Hornets. Like, I'm a grown man, you're a grown man. Why would you ever think it is okay? And, like, it's not like he's doing the Tyrone Lou, Allen Iverson step over. No, this is like I'm dangling my meat over your head. Like, we are two grown men. People fight for much less than that. And I know purist Twitter or pure basketball guys are going to be like, you got to keep your composure. No, you got to keep your dick away from my face. Are you kidding me? Like, oh man, you got to be smarter than that. No, Terry Rozier did the right thing. And the next time somebody gives Terry Rozier a hard foul, you know who's probably coming through, ready to go to war? P.J. Washington, because you didn't let Jared Allen dangle his dick on my head. Like, oh man, I, I can't stand when you guys are like, that should have been a technical foul. And he's got to keep his composure. No, he doesn't. I am a man, then I am a basketball player. There's certain things you don't allow to happen. And there's certain things you don't do to other men. Like, it's not like Jared Allen didn't see him there on the floor and it was all accidental. It was, yo, I'm trying to chump you. No. First off, as a team, you can't allow that because it's all men in that league. If they see that, that is a sign of weakness. Jared Allen was trying to physically impose, yo, I think you guys are sweet and I'm going to show you. And you can't allow that to happen. You just can't. So those are my three big rants. Like Grayson Allen and Trey Young might need to do a celebrity dodgeball game in the offseason because they clearly have an issue. I do think Grayson Allen tried to trip him. I don't think it's as big a deal as everyone's making it out to be. Grayson Allen plays a little dirty. Fine. Don't put your nuts on my head. Like keep your genitalia away from my face and teammates getting into little scuffles and throwing the ball at each other is not news mike punched steve kerr in the face jr smith threw hot soup on an assistant coach like throwing the ball at somebody in a game where you're supposed to catch the ball isn't nuts as a matter of fact during AU, aau practice one of my best friends threw the ball at me as hard as he could because he was mad about something. You know what? That's still my man's to this day. That stuff happens if you are playing sports competitively. And if you haven't played sports competitively, and it's not like I went to the league. I played junior college ball. But I'm just telling you, like, shut up and let people who have competed tell you guys, like, like, low-key, I want to call some of my friends that play pro ball or play D1 and be like, yo, is this James Harden thing real or is this nonsense? But I don't want to waste their time. Like, I don't want to get them on the line so they can laugh at me. Like, come on, bro. You know that that happens every day. Like, what am I wasting that phone call for? And then, so LaMelo Ball is good. Like, the passing is Mwah, chef's kiss. But the Hornets have a lot of guards. Like, I don't, I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but LaMelo Ball, rookie of the year, I think it's just quiet for that. I was, I had him on my top three. Um, check out last pod and find out where I had him, but I'm pretty sure he was 
number two. I just think it's over because I don't think he's going to get the minutes barring a trade or injury. They just have a lot of guards. <clears throat> Terry Rozier, FYI, Terry Rozier did some shit today. He did this crazy in and out carry weird thing, backhand layup that was smooth. And nobody's going to talk about it because he dunked Kevin Durant into the abyss. And, and then P.J. Washington got Durant. Durant is, we are three games into the season, and he has been hammered on three times. I told you Kelly Oubre got the putback on him. Terry Rozier t- dunked him into the oblique. And then P.J. Washington, like, sort of, kind of got him. Like, it's like a half body. It's attempted murder, not a full murder. But that's besides the point. Rozier, um, Devontae Graham... Malik Monk is still on the roster. Caleb Martin has fought his way into the rotation. And let me tell you, that guy looks like a good ball player. And I just don't think there's enough minutes for Melo to have the raw counting stats you need to be rookie of the year. Speaking of Melo, let's jump into some mailbag questions. Adam Williams, this is for you. It's not perfect, but I'm working on a little transition sounds. Mm, you heard the little mailbag transition, the little bouncy basketball. I- I'm going to workshop that out. I'm off from work for a couple weeks. So I'm going to workshop that out, and we'll get that better. But like I said, speaking of LaMelo Ball, this comes from the homie George. George, I don't know why I said his name like that. This comes from George. Is LaMelo comparable to rookie Jason Kidd? Both early struggles shooting, both high-end rebounders, and court vision is elite. Okay. So, athletically, Jason Kidd was in another world compared to LaMelo. And I know you guys don't think of J-Kidd as, like, a freak athlete like that, but, like, just another world. Like, he was a very, very good athlete. And I think his body was sturdier than LaMelo's. But, like, the court vision thing and being an elite rebounder, I think, is something very underrated about LaMelo's game. I don't know that he's Jason Kidd. I do know that he needs to see a shot doctor. Like, it goes in, but it's hideous. And I don't, and I think structurally, it's very limited by uh, like the knee bend, the short extension. It, it needs work, but, like, I think with his confidence, he'll be able to make shots. But I think with better form, he'll, he'd just make more. Uh, this is from the homie Sean Stanfield from the Stance Podcast. Make sure you guys are checking that out and subscribing to that. The Canadian homies always hold it down. That's Sean and his brother Ian. What is the meaning of Akuna Matata? It means no worries. And now I think I might need to... Little Wayne got a No Worries song. Somebody needs to mash that up with Akuna Matata. Oh, man, that would be fire. I might quit potting and just produce now. I'm lying. This is from the homie Keith. Bigger flop, Wonder Woman 1984 or Anthony Bennett. I haven't seen Wonder Woman. You saying that lets me know you think it sucks. I'm a notoriously soft movie critic. So I'm definitely going to watch it. And I don't think with my soft movie criticisms, it will ever be worse than Anthony Bennett to me. 
These are from uh, got a couple from Riley. What are my thoughts on Julius Randle? I think he's playing very good basketball. He's obviously taken the criticisms of him being a black hole, or maybe it's Thibs saying, yo, you need to pass more. But whatever it is, he's dishing the rock really nice early in the season. Um, are the New Orleans Pelicans a top five seed? I think that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, the Clippers did get shellacked by 50 tonight. So maybe they, it, it's one game and we can't overreact to it. But also getting shellacked by 50 is still getting shellacked by 50. You know how hard it is to be down 50 at half? Like, good God almighty. But I still would have the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets happily ahead of them, those three. And then the Blazers and if Harden is stuck in Houston, Harden's in. Like, the Rockets are in. So that's five right there. I think the Pelicans, the Suns are in one tier. And I think think the Jazz are a tier ahead of the Pelicans and the Suns as well. Um, and when was the last time a five seed or higher won the chip? And will we see it again? <clears throat> I should have looked this up and I fake did, but then like, it took me to this thing that I didn't really love my answers. I believe it is the rockets of 94, 95. I, I could look it up again but I I don't like looking these things up. Like I like knowing them or racking my brain for the answer, but I don't really know at this point. Um, I think the next time we see a five seed or lower win the championship is you need like a perfect storm. Somebody gets, hurt and you still make the play ah here's the example the year that KD is out most of the year when he's on the thunder and they're fighting for the 8 seed with the New Orleans Pelicans of Anthony Davis like you need that kind of storm of this is clearly a team with top 3 talent but injuries derailed them but they still made the playoffs, and now they're a five or a six seed, but their guys are back and healthy, and now they're just wrecking shop. I think that's what you need. Like, if everybody's healthy all the time and, like, the, like the records are the records, I think you need injuries, but the team still make the playoff, and then Superstar X come back and just go on a tear. And then I got a couple questions from my bro, Adam Williams. One of them is, where does Tony Parker rank all time for me? Like, I hope you guys don't kill me for this. Boy, does Tony Parker not have much cachet with me. Like, Tony Parker is a winning is everything type of dude. If he had the same career stats... 
that he did without those championships and his finals MVP, he just was never the nicest to me. Like, he was good, but he I never thought he was the nicest point guard in the league. Like, I always would take Chris Paul or Deron Williams or Jason Kidd. It didn't matter in what era he was in. He was never the best point guard to me. Steve Nash, like, it just... <clears throat> but that's me. Maybe you guys are like, you. I don't value winning enough. I just don't think... he. Adam's asking, is he a top 10 point guard of all time? For me, this is a no. A no, a no, a no. Like, I can, I just reeled off point guards in his era that I thought were better than him. Like, okay, let's just, we'll just do top 10 point guards just so I can say I did it for argument's sake. Magic, Steph, CP3, I'd take Stockton over him. I'd take Nash over him. That's five. That's five really quickly off the top of my head. I would I would take Dame over him. I'd probably take Kyrie over him. Like Tony Parker just doesn't do it for me. And it's not that he wasn't flashy, it's just that he was he was cool. He was the epitome of cool. Tony Parker was a good NBA player. Tony Parker was an all-star. Tony Parker is not a top 10 point guard of all time. And I don't think Tony Parker was ever, like, forget the best player in the league. Tony Parker was never the best point guard in the league. He might have been the winningest point guard and the point guard with the most rings. And sometimes that's what you're, like, you can be very happy like that. Like, as a competitor, I'm very happy with, I'd love the Tony Parker career. Like, there's other careers I'd want more, but, like, he has, he has a couple individual accolades, like, hey, he was an all-star a couple times. He has a finals MVP. He has multiple championships. But he was never that guy. And that's cool. Like, I've been on plenty of teams, and sometimes I've been that guy. But for the most part, I was never that guy. So if I was the third best player, and I got 16 to 18 a night, and I got hot for a finals run and copped an MVP, fire. But... He was never a, I don't think he was ever, he's not a top 10 point guard. And I don't think he was ever a top 10 player in the league. And if somebody can disagree with me, go right ahead. But for me, like, that's just where I'm at with Tony Parker. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Oh, actually, Adam did ask me where I rank. Booker compared to Donovan Mitchell. I'm a big book guy. I just am. And I always feel that <clears throat> if you switched Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker and Devin Booker is on the sun is on the jazz, the jazz have similar success to what they've had. Maybe even a little bit more because Booker's offensive ceiling is higher to me that's just my opinion I like that Booker's much bigger like not even a little bit booger I mean a little bit bigger Booker is 6'6 and Donovan Mitchell is like 6'1 I I prefer the bigger guard I think he's a better shooter I, I think he's just a better offensive player 
I think Mitchell is a better defender, but also having Rudy Gobert back there is a very nice luxury. And I think the Suns are very much in the same spot they're in with Donovan Mitchell, especially when you look at up until this year, Devin Booker's best teammate is Ricky Rubio, um, maybe Eric Bledsoe when Book's a rookie. And now his best teammate is 36-year-old Chris Paul. Like, it's been dark for Book. He's had, he's been in the league five years. He's had exactly 22 coaches, according to my estimation. And like I wrote for the Playgrounder, at the end of the season, I expect Booker to be talked about with Bradley Beal and Donovan Mitchell. But for me personally, and we all know I'm a big Kentucky guy and Booker holds a special place in my heart because I took my oldest son, Marcus, to go see Devin Booker play at the Garden. That was a special moment for us. So he'll always have like an extra special place in my heart. But for me, Booker's better than Bradley Beal and Donovan Mitchell right now. Granted, it's close, and in my Playgrounder rankings of the top 50, FYI, doing a top 50 players is hard as hell. I had them at 16, 17, and 18. Like, they were all clumped together, but it was important that I let people know that I think Booker is better than these two dudes. All right. I always, like, look at the notes, and I'm like, damn, how long is the pod going to be? Are we going to get to 20 minutes? And then I get up here and I get to rambling and boom, we're at a half hour. We're at 35 minutes. Um, I think we'll do one more solo pod before the new year. And then we're going to get a guest on because I know monologue Bobby isn't everybody's favorite, but I really appreciate you guys listening. I love when you guys send feedback, please For the new year, can we all try and get one friend to subscribe to the Shaw's Law podcast? Can we just try it? Thank you, guys. Peace.